They're speakers, authors, and real-life rock stars, bringing you life-changing thoughts that rock. Taking conversation all the way to 11. Most shows only go to 10. Well, it's one louder, isn't it? These go to 11. To 11. This is Thoughts That Rock. Now, here are your hosts, Jim Knight and Brant Menswar. Here we go, here we go, here we go again. What's my weakness? Bunt cake. Bunt cake. Mm. Foreshadowing. For sure. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. Hey, thanks so much for joining us on Thoughts That Rock. This is the podcast that is about exchanging two pieces of life-changing advice, and we try and do that in about 30 minutes. Now, listen, I, th- this one is going to go out to our faithful followers in Portugal, of which brand apparently we have many. And I'd like to say to them, now consigo encontrar muy frango. Jim, my, uh, my Portuguese isn't what it used to be, but I think you just said I can't find my chicken. Did I? <laughs> Is that what I said? <laughs> Listen, we know how busy you all are out there, and uh, trying to find those little bits of wisdom to help amp up your life can be difficult at times. That is why, whether you are playing Mahjong with Mabel or you know, quickly deleting your browser history or convincing yourself that ice cream is keto friendly. We just want to be the 30 minutes that you look forward to every week. The other thing is Thoughts That Rock really is thrilled to support Cannonball Kids Cancer. Mm -hmm. It's a fantastic nonprofit that provides options for kids that have been told they really have run out of options. And CKC helps identify and even more importantly, fund alternative treatments. This cause is very close to our hearts, and we're honored to support Cannonball Kids Cancer in providing real hope to those that feel hopeless. Absolutely. Just a quick reminder, friends, whatever format you're using to listen to this podcast, if you like the show, would you do us a favor? Would you just take a moment, leave us a rating, maybe even better, write a quick little review about the show. It keeps us in front of the eyes that we want to be seen by, and we are just incredibly thankful for your engagement here. So listen, whatever we need to do, if we need to sweeten the deal just a little bit, if we need to sort of dim the lights, put on a little berry, if you know what I mean. Here we go. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I got my socks on. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what time it is. I know what time it is. It's business time. It's business time. It's business time. Our guest today, we are so excited to have the CEO of Nothing Bunt Cakes, which I have to say... Kyle Smith, who's been at the helm uh, since 2017 as the CEO, has been on board uh, as president in 2012. But man, Kyle, first and foremost, we love your cakes. They are just the product. Great to hear that. The product. and, And I'll tell you this. It's been very recent that I've actually had an opportunity to try when I was in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, I think you have a brand new uh, franchise there. And when we drove, yep. we drove by it, uh, I was with my band for a gig. We drove by and saw it. We did a U-turn. We came back around <laughs> and we went in to make sure that we could have some of that cake. And it was just, uh, you know, I think it says a lot. Uh, beyond your ability to lead, uh, that when the product is phenomenal, man, that puts you on the right path. Yeah, that, well, you know what you you can. I think just the consistency of having a great product, it's a it's it's a great foundation to build a brand from, and it must have been karma or something for you guys too, because that that was uh, 
that Jacksonville opening was our 300th bakery opening that we yeah. just had not too long ago. So it was Congrats. nice to have you guys there, and I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed the product. So, gosh, founded in 1997 uh, by Dina Tripp and, and Debbie Schwetz, um, over the, now a 300, uh, 38 states, Canada, uh, top 50 franchises by Franchise Business Review. Uh, Franchise Times says uh, the making the fast and serious list four years in a row. Yeah, four years. You're obviously doing something right there, Kyle. <laughs> Thanks. Well, it's. I think Debbie and Dina created something really special and extraordinary, and it, and they've you know they I think we we spend a lot of time focused on putting it in the right hands and. You started off by talking about the quality of the product. You kind of get those things right, and I think we've been really fortunate. It's it's uh, it's a brand that we we love, and we have a we we really love it, and we have a lot of fun with it as well. Well, congratulations on all that. And as you know, here Thank on Thoughts you. That Rock, we we like to sort of jump right into it with both feet. So rather than beat around the bush, let's get right to it. The floor is open. What is your thought that rocks? Thoughts that rock, number one. Great question. I had, to, I had to search the memory banks for this one, but I'm, I'm going to say that you know one of the things that I probably learned along the way that I that I would share with anybody is the idea that you know as you're, as you're especially as you're moving through leadership is to is to surround yourself with great people and have the confidence to surround yourself with people that will challenge you, that may be more talented than you, and potentially, hopefully, someday can even replace you. Mm. Um, and that's something that it maybe takes a little while to gain the confidence to learn, but I think that once you, once you get that, I think it can change. It can be transformational for you as a leader in an organization or a business. Well, it's countercultural, isn't it? In this day and age to actually be vulnerable enough to sort of be looking for people who have the ability uh, equal, if not greater than yours, that can help you lead the brand in the direction you want it to go. But gosh, I mean, everything these days, it's protect your own, right? I mean, it's it's the prison yard meal where everyone is sort of hovering over their plate, making sure that no one else gets a bite. And so it's refreshing to hear um, the opposite. And, and it's got to have played into the success of the brand for you over the last few years. Well, I think it, I, I hope that it has. And, I, and, you know, and I would willingly admit that it, it took me a while to get there. You know, I mean, I... I think I was a hard I was a hard person to work with I think in my early years just thinking that you know I I had to be the the lead dog I nobody could do it better than me I mean I but you know you go through a lot of bumps and bruises to get there you know so you know but I hope you know that over time you you know you learn you really do you learn the value of um you know making yourself and I I really believe that is make yourself replaceable I mean I think that that's probably the true measure of success when you build an organization you've gotten to the point that you have surrounded yourself with the right people and it's not all about you anymore and some people never get there but you know I'm I feel pretty fortunate you know at this time I'm like you know at this point in time in life and career that you know I learned that along the way and it, it probably helps me really elevate uh you know the the folks around me most importantly but uh but that's that certainly is I think has gone a long way toward contributing to the success that you know that that I've had or the business has had. Do you think that came, Kyle, with uh, you know I know you were 13 years at at CC's Pizza before you came over to mm-hmm. Nothing Bun Cakes? Was that for you sort of an early um, moment? Was it was the epiphany that geez I need to do this because like you said you, you're being very vulnerable here and you're saying here's sort of how I used to be. Or did that sort of happen to you later on in life? Where, where did this st- sort of story come from to 
sort of help you with that thought? You know, I think it was, you know, probably just, it was probably back in the early, my early years with CCs, but it was when I had the opportunity to, you know, as you move it up through the organization, you're, you, you really, it shifts to where you're really focused on developing others. You, you, you want to do that. And I think I saw in others, I saw me and some other folks yeah. who I was trying to encourage to grow and to promote and to help them be able to learn what I had learned. And I started looking at them going, <laughs> you're just like I was, you're not willing to, to relinquish and help those around you grow. And, and that's, and, and, you know, and I could reflect on that, you know, and to the point where I, you know, probably could look back, reflect on it and go, boy, I had to be, I, I'm glad I'm not in that position anymore. I've got to think, you know, I'm, you know, think about how I can continue to evolve. And so, yeah, I think in those early days and the franchising world is, I think it really instills that in you too, because the franchising world, I think to be successful, it's got to be very selfless. I mean, it is a, it is a servant's heart mentality world. If you don't understand in the franchise world that your role is to support the success of your franchisees, in our case, our bakery owners, I think a franchise organization, if you don't understand that, if that's not, you don't believe that to your core, a franchise organization will fail. And so I think that just, Yes, moving into franchise organizations and then leading others that that I was glad that that happened, you know, probably early on back in my days with CCs and been able to take it with me from there. Yeah. Where did you I'd be curious, just I mean, here you are now, the CEO of a super successful franchise based organization, 300 bakeries around the country and in Canada. Where for you did you find the courage to be able to sort of take that look and say, you know what, I, I can't be afraid to go out and find people who are super talented and maybe a threat to my position one day. Uh, where, where did that courage come from and how do you not view it as a threat? Uh, I think it's, I think it's maturity and confidence that probably answer the latter question where you, 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 you have to be comfortable enough, um, and confident enough, um, and you do have to get to a point in life where you are putting others first, where you realize the benefit of what you're going to see in, in their growth, you know, how that's going to affect everything over, you know, the, the entirety of the success of, the, you know, in the business that you're overseeing, you know. And I think that that probably, I think it is, I think it's a little bit of learning how to kind of position your ego in the right place and yeah. a lot about growing in confidence and maturity. Um I don't, I'm not sure, you know, where that came from. I, I, I do think it was part of what I saw in, in the organization I was in in the past. And, um, you know, even the transition from CC's to nothing but cakes, I, I've always looked at almost every stop along the way. I've learned something. I've tried to say, okay, you made mistakes. I've learned things there that I wouldn't do here. And, 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 a, you know, I think everybody does that, you know, when you, when you move through life, whether it's, personal experiences or professional experiences that hopefully you do, you try and learn from those and you say, I, I, I've seen a better way. I know when I move to this next step, I'm going to carry these good things with me and try and make sure that I don't make the same mistakes I've made in the past. And um, I think coming to nothing but cakes for me was really kind of a fruition of everything that I've learned over time. I'm still learning, believe me, but yeah. I think it was, it was kind of the culmination of a lot of things I've learned in the past. And I said, you know, I, I really believe here that, you know, that we, that we can do things a certain way that I think can be, uh, really, I don't know, kind of transcendent, if you will, in a franchise world that, it, that we can, we can really do things the right way here and have great people, you know, leading this company and let it endure for a long time to come. If we, if we take the right steps. 
is this something that was instilled from you sort of as a as a child did you grow up in this area where the servant's heart sort of concept was was sort of out there and and you just were able to take that and transition into the business world or tell can you tell us a little bit about maybe about your your background growing up and and what that looked like yeah that's that's a that's an interesting question and i i, I thought about you know i thought a, I, I i thought you might ask that even and i <laughs> and i thought about how it might come about and i think it's just it's different, you know. Influences certainly, you know. When I look at my parents, I mean, my I think my parents both worked extremely hard, um, but it's different, you know. I mean, while I would tell you that, you know, I look back in a father figure. I mean, I idolized my father, you know, growing up. He was super professional and successful in his own right, and and he he was a he was a, a great, you know. I think he he was a really good role model. I'm careful to always, you know, he's human. Sure. And I think one of the things I learned with my dad is my dad was a great athlete. He was a phenomenal athlete, but he was, but he, but he had a, what I would say, he had a sizable ego. And I heard that. I heard that, saw that, or stories even that others would tell me, you know, about my dad. And, and that made an influence on me that I thought, I guess maybe to separate, you could separate the pot, you know, the, the, the strengths from the flaws mm-hmm. and said, you know what, I want to have all that success that he's had, but I want to also proud of the way I've accomplished it. Mm. Um, and so, and that, you know, and that's, I think when you're looking at those things, they're tough. I mean, it's tough to go through and to kind of go, you know, to be able to identify those. And I don't think I did early on, but over time I started to, you know, identify and said, Hey, you know, you can do this and build others up at the same time. So I think early on, yeah, that probably was pretty influential in my life anyway, was to, uh, was to be able to, you know, look at somebody i idolized tremendously growing up, but to also be under, understand what, you know, what their strengths and what their weaknesses were and, mm. and try and learn from that back then. I think it's also maybe a product of the industry, you know, that you're in you know, here, you are in the, in the restaurant and, and retail a little bit too, where you've got, you know, 14 million people that you represent second largest industry, apparently in the United States. And yet there's still, I'm, I'm shocked that there's still a scarcity mentality that because you said something earlier, Kyle, about not just being confident to surround yourself with people that might challenge you or be better than you or smarter than you, but you said replace you. Like I do think yeah. there, there certainly are some people that kind of brand to your point before about, you know, in the prison yard, like protecting, yeah. I don't want to divulge information. I don't want to give you a piece of the pie because oops, there's not enough to go around. I think when you think like that, there's probably this uh, this environment where, you know, maybe not so much in every franchise organization, but, you know, there certainly is some of that scarcity mentality. And then it's also maybe about legacy building. And I don't know if you feel like this, but, you know, you sort of want to be confident enough to say, I'm going to surround myself with, a, you know, an army of giants here knowing full well, I'm not always going to be here. You know, I'm going to be I'm going to be moving on or stepping out at some point. I want to leave it in a, in a great place, but leave it in, in great hands as well. Do you feel like when you talk about replacing yourself, is that sort of the mindset of, you know, surrounding yourself with people who could absolutely take your job? Completely. I mean, I, yeah, you, I mean, you nailed it because that's something I would say even recently for me has really occurred in my thought process. It's, Again, I don't know what it is, you know, through your journeys in life, or you get to a place where you can have the, again, the confidence to go. I'm, 
I, I, again, it's changed. I mean, I, I was doing it for me before. I mean, there's no doubt it was, you know, it was, I, I, it was, I was doing it for me. What can I get out of this thing? And, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying I was totally, you know, just involved like that, but it, but the point is now, I think is that there's a point in time in life you kind of get to where I think, again, I think it's maturity. I think it's, you know, hopefully, you know, you've, you've learned a lot as you've gone through, but for me, it's to kind of figure out, that what really matters is what, what you leave, you know, those you touch and, and it, it, you, you, and that legacy piece is a huge part of what I'm trying to do here right now, you know, is to build this thing. So it lasts and, yep. and to put the right people in place. And it, there is such great satisfaction to be found in that, that, that when it is very selfless, but if you get to that point where you can build this so that it endures, it lasts for others, that that's, that, that's well, I can, I can also be a little bit selfish in that and know that that's going to make me feel great. Yeah. Um, but, but it is, it's just, a, it, there's a little bit of a different mindset to where I think your priorities, your priorities shift a little bit when you gain some of that maturity, some of that confidence and experience that you have, that you can, you can turn that around the other way. Cause that's, that really is for me. That's, that's what I'm thinking about now as much as anything is what's the future like for each bakery owner here. And how do I make that, for whatever they wanted this investment, this legacy to be for them, that it's there for them long term, and and even to at the top of the organization, to Dina, who is in it today, is you know still a significant part of the brand as yep. a, you know a chairperson and owner and founder, co-founder with Debbie, is that she's still in it today, and and she she's I always say she's kind of my litmus test. Mm-hmm. I, I, her I judge I judge our success on her level of happiness, you know, and <laughs> and. That's it. Again, it's a little different, you know. We're used to maybe be more about what's in it for me. I think you look at that and going, that's, you know, what you can what you can create for others and have this thing last. That'll reflect back on you and you know, on the kind of the the mark you made. And that's that's certainly still important. I think it's you know we always Jim and I talk about we joke that there's, you know, everybody sort of knows the golden rule and you want to treat others as they as uh, you want to be treated. But the, but the platinum rule that we talk about all the time is you need to treat others how they want to be treated. And I think that shift in mindset for you has allowed you to really serve others in the way that they want to be served rather than trying to, you know, jam a square peg into a round hole right. over and over and over again. Yeah, that's a great point. I think it's a really, really good point. It reminds me of operations. Uh, up- <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I, was just, I was just thinking that the operation mindset, you know, sometimes when you come out of an operations background, your your job is always is to always fix it. Yep. And whether people want help or not, you're, you're always, you know, you're always kind of pushing in there going, well, l- let me show you. That's right. And it's, you know, and sometimes it is better to kind of to ask the right questions and to kind of sit back and understand what the need is before you start plowing through to to fix things. So that's, uh, that's another one of those things over time. Maybe, uh, maybe the experience pays off and you, you, you come at it from a more intelligent direction anyway. Your point, uh, Kyle reminds me, uh, honestly of one of my business heroes, Jack Welch, you know, the former chairman, CEO of mm-hmm. GE, you know, and, and, uh, there's been so many books written about him. I talk about him every once in a while where he, he did the same thing. He surrounded himself with people, um, that that not only got it that he felt comfortable handing over the reins to and and I think every single I think senior executive that ever reported to him you know ultimately took on some big huge multi-million in some cases multi-billion dollar companies Jeffrey Imeld is probably who most people think yep. of because he succeeded 
you know, Welch as, as a CEO, but, you know, people forget about James McInerney, who basically became the CEO very quickly at 3M when he left and eventually with Boeing. Um, and then the other guy is um, um, Robert Nardelli, who became the CEO of, uh, of Home Depot. So, you know, this mindset of creating promotable people, they, there might not be a position right now, but they're ready to take on more responsibilities. And, you know, I think everyone that I know personally, everybody that I know personally is smarter than I am about something. I'm just trying to figure out what it is that I can get from them and throw it into my quiver so I can just look a little bit smarter. And I just think your your whole mindset is spot on. If more people thought with that sort of abundance mentality, we'd be in a much better place than, you know, you know, I'm only going to share a certain amount of information and it's need to know and you know, and that's it. And and it's top down driven. That's that's not the servant heart mentality that you're talking mm-hmm. about. Yeah. Uh, I I thank you. I mean I I I think it's something you you do you have to be humble enough to continue to learn it and uh and there's some hard knocks along the way in getting there but that's that's part of the learning process you know and it's uh anyway but i think it's it's been it's been a, it's been, i've had a lot of fun i've really enjoyed it and i think with this brand it's it's kind of it's culminated here at least for me at this point and then um you know i do have some really wonderful people here and and it's um is that it's just been it's been a, it's been a great experience altogether to watch these folks around here be able to have the success and this brand have the success that it has and hopefully we'll just keep uh, keep supporting it and watch it continue to grow. How can you not? It's bun cakes, right? Yeah. Yes, that's right. <laughs> I don't think it's, it's a on hell our, a lot of fun. It's not on the keto diet, but boy, <laughs> yeah, when you want some, right. uh, you, you need know, to make discretionary that, ke- that keto cake uh, so that we can be yeah. diving in a little more. And often. I don't know what what it says about me, but I've, I've lived for the last 20 years in in the fun food business so i've been in pizza and you have pizza and bunt cake so <laughs> anyway it. oh so man that's it's not all bad that's a pretty good thing no it's fantastic well this is a perfect setup for us i think to transition over to the uh the next thought and so th- this is kind of what we were thinking and i hope this this transitions well with what you were talking about as well when you're looking at surrounding yourself with those great people that could replace you our thought is this We want to commit to hiring employees that have all three C's. And the three C's for us are competence, character, and culture fit. And really where this kind of came from, Kyle, is, you know, competence is the ability to actually do the job. It's very practical, tactical, you know, some of it around experience, but, you know, people, even if they don't have the experience, they're at least able and willing to learn. But the competence piece, which by the way, I think a lot of people focus on too much, but would you not want somebody who showed up and were competent? Absolutely. The character Mm -hmm. one is a little bit hard to see, you know, because it gets, it's a little, I guess, nebulous and esoteric because you can't sometimes put your hands on it. But I, I would describe it as trustworthiness. You know, somebody is, um, I would say worthy of trust. You know, their value orientation matches up to the brand. You know, it's it's about honesty and integrity and professionalism, all those things, the buzzwords that every company uses. But, you know, basically they're not looking to do things their own way. They're not looking to curb, um, you know, the the standards. They're not looking to steal from you or disrupt the harmony of what you're trying to do. That, That sort of character type mentality. I used to stop there at those two C's, but We've really looked at now culture fit, which I think nobody used to talk about 30, 40 years ago. Or it was a really cool, nice to have. Now it's critical. And, I, and presence and CEOs of companies, as you know, 
get it. They understand how important it is. And that's that ability to accurately and willingly represent the company. And, and you had mentioned something a little bit earlier about, you know, how do people act and behave when somebody's not watching you? And that right. culture fit, that it factor, which, you know, sometimes you can't see. It's a gut feeling. Um, but but they're true brand ambassadors. They, the DNA is apparent. They do just by you being around them. You can tell they got the juice sort of running through their veins. So, you know, I, I'd, I'd love to get your thoughts on that. But I, I think in every area of the employee life cycle, every tool process form, if you sort of run it through the gauntlet of competence, character, and culture fit, you can't help but surround yourself with that army of giants that we talked about that, in fact, might might replace you. Do, do you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you've hit it all. And it, that that is, it's kind of a, <laughs> the word I was going to use is, it's, it's greedy. I mean, but it is the right thing. I mean, what you're looking for is in, you know, the idea that you're trying to find folks that have, you know, that, that'll, that'll, that'll become the makeup of your organization. And, you know, I, I know it's cliche as heck. And some people say, you know, you hire attitude and you train skill. I think there's something to that. Yep. I tend to believe that character I'm, you'd be very intentional when you're building culture. If you don't have the people, right, you won't have the culture, right? Yep. I, I absolutely believe that. So in every level of what we practice today, whether it's selection of bakery owners or selection of support team, we hope that the discipline that we have in trying to find people who have the same values in yep. a high level of high character, that that's how we want to build our organization. And we hope that that cascades down through to the decisions that our bakery owners, our franchisees make about the folks that they hire. So, so just thinking of that, I mean, as far as culture and character, I couldn't agree more. And I think in that search, maybe a little hard to find, but you can, you, you can, is still the, the competence piece of the skill set piece. You know, for us, we, I probably place a little higher value on that character and culture piece, knowing that for our brand, I think we have a model that really works and I can, I can give folks or help them with the skill portion of that at times. Totally. Um, but, but boy, once culture is broke, and if you have folks that aren't the right character, you'll never get off the ground. So yeah. I, I, I love it. I love the fact that you're 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 looking at all three of those things and and think that that's uh, that those are all key to developing a you know a, a great organization. And I absolutely I absolutely agree with it, hundred percent. Well, I think too that they've probably, whether consciously or unconsciously, played a role in in who has become a franchisee for you or bakery owner. I know that, um, could you talk a little bit about that? Just a little bit about sort of what does yeah. your bakery owner look like these days? Yeah. And, and it's very, like I said, it's very intentional. I, mean, what, what I think and I, I answered a question this morning for somebody that I, over time, I think that's one of the great things about maybe the, or, the success of the organization was, is that I give a lot of credit to the folks that were here early on, Debbie and Dina, and the selection process that they had, that, that they really identified very early on who they wanted to have as a part of this brand. We, When I got here seven years ago, we went through another bit of an exercise with Debbie and Dina and the team to, to really identify the, the traits, the values, the skills that we were looking for, and I think we just honed it in, and we, and we stuck with it. Yeah. And so when we looked at that, we said, hey... And, and, and this is the other thing. I don't mean values that it's just cliche that we're talking about it or it's the poster on the wall with everybody rowing in the right direction. <laughs> yeah. It's it's got it, it has to be DNA kind of things. It has to be people, you know, that character piece that you talked about and the values. Ours were real simple. You know, it's a, the spirit of a champion, a servant's heart, 
and the ability to build genuine connections. We said those three things are what we look for in Love every it. person who enters the brand. Servant's heart, we already, you know, we talked about, but the, champ, the champion, spirit of a champion to me is just that it's kind of that willingness to do more than you ever ask for. You, you, you get that in examples of, and I think we're all, I mean, I'm, I'm in that boat. I'm an overachiever. I, I not the smartest person in the room, but I'm going to outwork whoever's around me. I'm going to, I'm going to outwork them. Yeah. And I like to, and I love that we surround ourselves with people like that because they, you, you never have to ask them to do, they're always going to give you more than you ever expect. Yeah. So I, I think anyways, we still try and find that with our, you know, with our bakery owners and, um, and I think that's what we truly, you know, and, and, and that it kind of feeds off each other because they'll go out and when they're looking, going through the discovery process, um, they they work together. I mean, you'll see that our bakery owners will go out and they'll, they'll encourage and recommend others to join the team. And if they flag somebody and they'll come back and let me know if they flag somebody, they doesn't, they don't think possesses those values, uh, that will be a right cultural fit for our brand. We'll hear it. I yeah. mean, we'll, we'll, we'll find out one way or another. So. Well, that's how it usually goes for us. You know, and you were saying that really Debbie and Dina set the stage and, and with your background and your mindset, you know, you, you've been able to help perpetuate the brand and focus on culture. And, 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 you know, all three of us here are old enough to remember you go back 30, 40 years ago, you try and throw down the culture card or talk about that with, you know, a president and CEO of a company when they're looking at sales and, you know, different metrics about you know, whatever the number is, there's got to be some dollar, some number, some percent, something that you would see on a P&L. You can't see character and you can't see culture fit. And so you can't you couldn't back then sort of talk about the touchy feely type stuff. But now you go talk to Chick-fil-A or First Watch or Ritz Carlton or Southwest mm -hmm. or any of these brands. They will absolutely swear by it. And, and I know you do it. Nothing bun cakes as well. I used to do this great exercise. I ran training for hard rock for probably about 18 of my 21 years there. And I used to do this great sort of hypothetical game that I would do regardless of wherever I was. If it was a cafe, a hotel, casino, doesn't matter. If I ever got a hold of the GM, we, we'd have this little game. I'd ask him a bunch of questions, but one of them was always, listen, I'm going to go start a new company, new business. You can take one manager and one staff member. Who do you take? I swear they never, ever, ever took the most competent. But they could not go and start a new business without having somebody that had the right heart, the right character, or mm -hmm. the right culture fit. And then maybe they didn't have, let's say, all the competence in the world, but they were working on it. They were working on it hard to get the the arrows in their in their quiver. So, you know, I look at that and go, geez, I'd I would love to have employees that would come to me with all three of the C's. But I'm with you. You said something earlier, and I don't I don't think it's cliche. I do think that you can actually hire for the attitude and train for skill. You know, there might be some people that are not teachable, but the majority probably are. So I, I think we're in the same camp, but you know, nowadays, boy, I cannot, it, culture is quite the buzzword. I cannot go to a conference or sit on a webinar or seminar without somebody talking about how critical it is. You go back three, four decades, it wasn't always so. Yeah, no, it, it's, uh, it has really evolved over, over time. I mean, I think that, you know, I've seen it. It was, there, was there, were, there were all kinds of motivational tactics that I've seen in the past. And, uh, and, every, and I think overall people have finally, you know, realized that if you, there is a right way to go about doing this. And then it's that whole idea that if you, you take care of the, the team member, the employee, or if you, you build an environment that you, you know, in our case, you take, you, you support like crazy and take great care of your, 
your bakery owners, your franchisees, then, then, then they will take great care of your guests. And it's, it's, the, it's, the, it's, the, it's the service chain model that's just very— Service profit chain, yeah. It's, it's evolved. Yeah, it's exactly right. And those guys have evolved it over time. And I think that I think this company was a great reflection of that because before, before I got here, they, you know, they, again, knew who they wanted to have out there and whose hands they wanted to put this business into. And whether we still didn't have the sophisticated measurement tools on customer experience or the guest experience, um, by putting it in the right people's hands, they took great care of this business in the early days. Now, we've we've found better ways to measure that over time, but what we didn't back off of was putting it in the right people's hands. And it's just they have our bakery owners selected with those values in mind they just they have that heart and they take care of that they they find that in the team members that they have and th- this brand performs at a in its, its guest experience level is the highest that I, that I have ever seen wow. and it's directly related to the type of people who are who own this and who are who are taking this to the guest every day it it's it is phenomenal and all we try all I try and do is just keep refining it not let us get complacent and just just kind of keep nurturing it and, and make sure everybody understands how important it is that you know to continue to be able to do that and don't let that complacency you know kind of bug set in so um, and if we do that i think we'll, you know we'll continue to have success but it is because of the the character the culture that's that's you know kind of been cultivated here and reinforced and um, it started very early on but putting it in the right hands is so important so good kyle i think it's uh there's been a word that you've said several times that, that I really want to just talk about for a second because I think it's something that is incredibly missing for for a lot of people these days. And that word is... it is, bun cake? It's not bun cake. No. no. That is true, though. <laughs> that is, that is two prompting. words. Yes. It's, it's the word maturity. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and I feel like at least in the over the last decade or so, we've watched you know, the average person's tenure at an organization continue to dwindle, right? So down to the, you know, 18, 19, 20 months average length of employment. And the interesting thing, you know, we had, we had Don Fox on um, a while back Mm -hmm. and and Don's thought was centered around this idea of you're probably not going to do what you think you are going to do (laughs) with your life. So don't miss opportunities to learn just because you're not doing what you thought you should be doing. And so you might find yourself in a, in a job that you're only there for 20 months. Don't, don't look at that as just a stepping stone to just get to the next thing, learn everything you possibly can in those 20 months to make yourself better. And that's, that only comes when you understand maturity, right? You have to have enough experience. You have to live long enough to know where these opportunities are, how to take advantage of them. And I think that part, at least part for me, looking from the outside in, part of the reason that you've been so successful is number one, the level of maturity that you have had coming out of an operations background and now into more of a casting vision and making sure you're steering the ship in a direction it needs to go requires an incredible amount of maturity to be able to know just how far to pull that wheel at times and not just jerk it for the sense of of getting off course. Um, But on the other side of that, I think it really becomes a reflection of who 
are the people that are becoming new bakery owners, right? They have to have some level of maturity that they can understand that this is a business. Whenever you get into a business on your own, you're going to have your ups and downs. There are going to be bumps in the road. It's not going to be perfect, but you have to have enough maturity to weather the storm. And I think that that starts at the top. And when you can instill that level of confidence that I think is the same level of confidence that allows you to bring in people that could replace you, um, it really allows the brand to flourish. That's great. I mean, I think they're great points. Um, I think that it, you know, when I look at the bake, we actually, you know, in some ways try and scare our bakery owners off. Yeah. <laughs> they don't, yeah. don't want to, they fall in love with this brand. And, but we, we always, we all, all of us, I have to know the reality of what we're dealing with. You know, the, the, I think the stakes are extraordinarily high. People make a big investment into this and I, and you want to paint a very real picture of what it is they're getting into and what those expectations are. And it's no, it's no different, you know, I think for, you know, the, the folks that are joining it in the support team role, the same kind of thing, that they understand the expectations and what they're getting into. Again, we're very realistic about it. And I think, you know, I think over time, maybe if you're maybe a little less experienced and a little less mature that you, you might try and paint everything as, Hey, I, I can, I can just, I'm just going to sell this thing. I'm going to, I'm going to get people in here. I'm yep. going to sell it. And, yep. you know, it's you, you build a house of cards and it's, you have to realize that you're 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 better off making um setting a high bar sticking to it don't compromise <laughs> yeah. because once you once you start to do that it'll start to fall apart on you and i think that uh um i think i think i think don was right and i think that what you know what we all see as we we grow up is we just have to be, sometimes you have to be smart enough you have to be you have to be lucky you have to be in the right position at the right time with you know with a great organization or uh, hopefully have your eyes wide open enough where you'll be able to kind of latch onto it. Um, and, and, but, but I think it is too, is it, you know, if, I've been fortunate enough to find companies that I believed in. I haven't changed positions a lot in the mm. past. I've yeah, worked yeah. for a few organizations for a fairly long period of time because, you know, they had, I thought I believed in them. I believed yeah. in them to the core, um, but if there's a time, and if it doesn't match up, then I think you've got to be strong enough to take the risk and know that there are better, there are other things out there that you can go make an impression upon, and they can be beneficial to you. So, I've, I've been fortunate enough to, you know, obviously now moved into this organization, and I believe it's got a tremendous future still. And so, we're going to see what we can do with it. Brant, what do you think it says about my maturity level that I'm still thinking about bun cakes? <laughs> it says it's it's time for lunch. Oh, That's what it says. That's right. But, Listen, uh, Kyle, we, we can't thank you enough. Um, we are huge fans of, of your brand and your leadership and just, uh, can't thank you enough for being on thoughts that rock. What is, uh, what's the best way for people to stay in touch with you? What, what have you guys uh, got going right now? Is there something you want to let everybody know something, some, some mystery magic flavor maybe that's coming out? Is there something here that you want to, <laughs> you want to let go? <laughs> is there a low carb, you know, cake? it's, yeah, I know. No, I, I, I didn't. I think it's like, you know, it's one of those things where you go, there's nothing wrong. Everything in moderation that's is right. wonderful. Right. So that's exactly we've right. got a lot of great flavors and, and, and just, you know, I think just uh, come visit the bakeries when you have a chance, if you hadn't had a chance to experience it. I'm, I admit that I'm biased, but I just listen to how everybody else talks about this, this product and this brand. And I'm, I'm really super proud of everything that our team is doing and our bakery owners are doing for us. So anyway, so I, guys, it's been wonderful talking to you. I appreciate you giving us the opportunity and giving me the opportunity to come in and say hello and share a few thoughts with you. Yeah, you're awesome. Thank you so much, Kyle. Really appreciate a bunch. Thanks, Kyle. Thanks guys. Thanks. You take care. Absolutely. Bye-bye. 
Hey, rock stars, thanks so much for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe to make sure you don't ever miss an episode. And if you're interested in having Brant or me or both of us speak at your event, we're exclusively represented by Kepler Speakers, the industry's leading resource for booking conference keynotes. To start your unforgettable experience, go to KeplerSpeakers.com. Until next time, rock, rock on. on.